Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 138, I believe, of uh, Dude in a Monkey. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Hello, and we are recording on a Thursday evening. Um, we're recording the entire show. We were going to split it up, but we, we've not. We're recording the entire show on a, on a Thursday evening. Uh, That's got to be a first. I think it is a first, yeah, because we, we've recorded a few times on a Thursday, but often what we've done is we've recorded on a Sunday and then on a Thursday as well. Uh, but we were going to record on Monday, but I didn't get home until half past nine for work on Monday night. So, um, yeah, so that was it would have been a bit too late to start. Yeah, it worked out well for us as well, to be fair. So, no, it's all good. But, yeah, I mean, like, so we're we're kind of skipping a week because we're not recording. Like, we didn't record last weekend. No. So this is kind of essentially Two. this week's show and you didn't have one last week. As yeah, such, this, in this, a way. yeah, this will probably be available the weekend of the 12th. Uh, and then there won't be a podcast the following weekend because uh, we will be covering Star Wars, though. We'll be uh, covering it the week after. I'm no, no, the following weekend. Yes, the world one the following weekend. What that? I'm gonna. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm gonna endeavour. Like Star Wars is out next Thursday. Yeah. We'll probably do the show that Sunday. Yeah. I endeavour to have that show up, up within a couple of days, just because otherwise everybody's going to be sick of Star Wars, and also because we're not doing any editing and stuff. Literally, I was the last episode went up like last Sunday, I think, and I was putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, because I was like, I just don't have time. And then I bloody did it, and I did it in 15 minutes. Yeah. So it, it just, I don't know. I've like, I, I really just need to be less lazy with that. Uh, yeah, I, I I just need to find minutes. No, that, man, that's the thing. You genuinely don't have time at the moment. I do. I'm just a dick. Do you know what? Do you know what, though? Do you know what I'm, I'm amazing looking forward to is the fact we, uh, we've, finish um and we, we shut up shop and our last fitting is a week tomorrow uh, so i've got a quick job to do uh, a quick pickup job to do on monday on the monday the 21st morning but essentially from the uh the 18th when you know whenever i finish that last fitting uh which is an insanely busy day <laughs> uh, from then that's it I, i'll have finished the new house fingers crossed uh I'm not doing out in the old house until after Christmas. So I'm going to have a week of doing nothing. Nice. Nothing apart from... I've said to Barnes this, because the only room we're not doing in the house is the office. Uh, and I've said, if, if on like the 21st or the 22nd, we go, fuck it, let's do the office. And I've said, we can, we can go get the stuff we need for the office and we can do the office as well. But... Uh, but at the moment, we're, 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 that's the only room we're not doing, which has gone from we're decorating the living room to every fucking room. <laughs> it's just like, because not nearly as mammoth a job as you, but we decided to paint our um, bedroom. Yeah. Um, and like literally, we've been in, we've been sleeping in Lottie's room for the last, um, getting on for two weeks now. We moved the bed in there because we painted it and then realised, well, we may as well kind of, like, spring clean in there and, like, do all sorts of shit. And it's just taken so long. And Donna's so busy with her photos. Mm. And it just, it like, we just don't know when it's going to get done. And this shit just drags and drags and drags. We think we're going to move back into the bedroom next week. But it's just like, why do we insist on doing this shit before Christmas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're doing, we get the keys tomorrow. Um, and it before we move in on at the latest uh, on the 18th, 
I've got the living room to decorate. Uh, we're also putting in a new fireplace uh, and fire in there. The mm. kitchen to decorate. Uh, no, we're not doing the kitchen actually. I've got the. Um, I've got a lot of things to put up in the kitchen. The dining room to decorate and all the furniture to essentially put together in the dining room. Isabel's bedroom, our bedroom, uh, and the office to do. Um, all of those before I move. Well, no, I'm not doing the office. Jesus. Those to do before I move in. Yeah. And, uh, and work. <laughs> yeah, man. It just, oh, God. Anyway, I, I'm sure people aren't too interested in our personal lives, but. I'm sure, I'm sure they're not. Uh, so, Ian, as before we get into trailers, has anything happened that doesn't involve stars and wars uh, in the past week? Did we, did we say what we're doing? Oh, well, we haven't, no. Uh, we are doing, we're doing Krampus. We were originally um, going to do the night before. However, Ian didn't seem that fussed about the night before. Not that he didn't want to watch it, but didn't seem I, fussed. I was, more, I, was, I was more fussed for Krampus, I would say that comfortably. Yes. But he was, he was definitely looking forward to Krampus, and I thought, do you know what? Krampus is getting a lot of good, va- a lot of good buzz. I know Becky wants to see it. I know Ian really wants to see it. And I thought, do you know what? Put one for the team. I don't want to be I, I don't want to be the dick, right, who stopped Ian from going to see Krampus at the cinema because you because you wanted to see the night before and then Ian to watch Krampus in like a few months time and go, Fuck I wish I was at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will feel bad. Uh so that's so we're doing Krampus. Um we're also because we're missing a week, uh, we wouldn't have had time to fit in all the Star Wars, so we're doing the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, both today. We're also going to throw some what we've been watching at you uh, as well as some trailers and I think we have a, a question so far. Uh, more might come in, more might not come in. Uh, and there'll be the usual sort of uh, myriad of tangents and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, Ian. Trailers. Yeah, man. Um, it's It's gotten busy just literally in the last couple of days, hasn't it? But it has, yeah. Um, which is which is weird, but yeah, we got a few to kind of catch up on, haven't we? Um, the only one I haven't watched is the BFG. I haven't watched that. Maybe okay, I mean, I fucking don't care. I'm, I'm the thing is, I'm looking for potential first films at the cinema for Lottie, and like, so I was kind of interested. I don't think it's going to be. I think it looks maybe a bit too old, older kid for her. BFG, you can see. There's not much to the trailer. It's weird that it's Disney's the BFG. Mm. Like it's a role. That, I mean, I spoke like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is like Warner Brothers and whatnot, but it's weird seeing a Roald Dahl thing with Disney on it. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, um, which I don't know. I'm very, very unsure of. It looks very busy. It, it looks really, does, really busy. It, it looks busy. It also looks a little bit like they've like they've set out to make a Superman movie. And then decided to put Batman in it. And then decided that they'd more like to make a Batman movie. But they know that it's supposed to be a Superman movie. So yeah. it's ended up being this thing in the middle. I, I It looks it looks like it'll be a little bit more fun um, than Man of Steel. Which I really like Man of Steel. But it looks like it, it, it's driving a little bit more... It's not trying to be quite as serious as that uh, at points. But also it does look a little bit like what they're doing is they're pitching two egos against each other and Superman does look a little bit like it, he's got a bit of a, a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. And I, 
Heisenberg. I can't work out whether he's going to be fantastic or fucking terrible. Yeah. It's gonna. It's not gonna be in between. It's not. It's gonna be one or the other. And I like because I, I. The thing is, the previous trailers, I haven't really been into it. The, the red capes are coming or whatever it is. He says I'm not really into that. Yeah. But that like, Clark Kent, shake your hand. There's a strong handshake. You do not want to get into trouble with that man or whatever it is. He yeah, says. get into a fight. Yeah, like that, that's good. And the the you're psychotic. That's just a word that stupid people use when they don't understand something and it like flicks Amy Adams' head. Like, I'm quite into that as well. It looks like he's gonna have the Lex Luthor is a dick. He look he dick does, down. He, look, he looks like a sociopathic bastard who is essentially going to play Superman and Batman against each other for his own end. My my worry is that it does look like he's in a different film. Yeah, he, he does. He he looks like he's in more of a the best way I can describe it, he looks like he's in a comic book film, yes. and they look like they're in a graphic novel film. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. That's bang on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, Doomsday, who pops up at the end, apparently, whatever, that's one of the most generic-looking mm. fucking bad guys. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like, it, that is brutal. It, it, it's, it's... You get that, that bad guy, and you go, oh... Oh, it's oh. A bit, that's a bit CG. He looks like Abomination from The Incredible Hulk. It, it just he is Abomination, isn't he? That's that's what it is. So, but I, 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 I do like the Wonder Woman just appearing. That was that was that was pretty cool. And not saying anything. Why? You no, know, well, I mean, no, and not saying anything. Oh, you're not she saying, doesn't say anything, does she? No, she it's, doesn't. Which is a bit. It's a bit like, oh, I, I, that that's a good way to introduce that character. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it was fun. I, I, I'm, I, I am, I, I, I am looking forward to it more than I was, in, in fairness. I think the trailer did a better job of selling it. I was always going to go and see it. It just, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, um, I'm going to leave the one that I think you're most excited about. Um, so, The Brothers Grimsby, new trailer for that, um, dropped yesterday. I laughed a bit. I've got to say, I did. Sorry. Um, I've not watched it. I will watch the trailer. Um, I doubt I'll even bother with the film, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of reserving judgment on that. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. We will be reviewing this because Tyler Perry's in it. Yep. I, I, um, it, it also looks like a barrel of fun. It does look really fun. Yeah. Yeah, straight up, it, like Jordan said on WhatsApp, didn't he? It looks like it's come from the nineties, and yeah, it does, and that's awesome. Yeah, that, I, like rock, rock steady a bebopper in it for fuck's sake, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I, 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 I still haven't seen Teenage um, Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I, I still haven't seen that yet, but now I actually want to watch that just from watching that trailer because oh, I watched that really drunk. It yeah. looks, it, it, it looks really good. I, I did look at it and think. Do you know what? A Sunday morning, uh, in whenever it's going to be out, I'm guessing it'll be either early summer or probably late summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday morning, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm looking forward to, 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 to seeing that. And also, Tyler Perry looks like he's going to do one of his a little bit mad kind of characters, which I quite like. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, I'm... he's going to be terrible, yeah. but in a magnificent way. 
Yeah, it's gonna. It, yeah, it's gonna be Alex Cross, scientist man. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Yes, please. Um, by the way, I think our Alex Cross commentary from a couple of years ago is still available. It should be anyway. I it would give it a listen. Um, you should because it is. It, yeah. Because it's just brilliant. Not the comment. Well, both the commentary and the film are both magnificent. Yeah, God, that fucking film. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That film. Um, and uh, the final one before the the, the 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 kind of the big one, I suppose, the Legend of Tarzan, um, which already is, in all fairness, it does feel like if anything's going to bomb next summer, mm. it it could well be this. I mean, it's directed by David Yates, who's got Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them also out next year. Yes. And who, which, which project do you think Warner Brothers are going to want him to pay more attention to? No. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Alexander Skarsgård somehow is the lead in a summer blockbuster film, and good on good on his agent. Um, and I, I mean, my wife is very pleased about the fact. Um, but I mean, if ever she was going to watch a Tarzan film, it would be because he's in it, and. To be fair, I think maybe part of his casting is basically because of that to yeah. get that audience, that, that audience in. I, I, the trailer looks all right to me. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like it's weird that you don't hear Tarzan speak at all. He just does his wail. Um, but why not? Christopher Watts is a bad guy. Samuel L. Jackson is hopefully a helper kind of guy. Margot Robbie is Jane. Yeah, yeah. this is one of those ones that could absolutely bomb and disappear without a trace, or be like a sleeper hit. Yeah, you know, if it gets a few sort of good kind of nice reviews, this could end up being one where it just, it just kind of clicks. It just it reminds me of um, oh, fuck, um, Jack the Giant Slayer, oh. where Brian Singer was already like back in the X Men fold and doing Days of Future Past when Jack the Giant Slayer was in post production. And it almost kind of like, and it feels like, right, well, I wonder which one of his attention is going to be on then. Mm. Um, and I, I do, I do wonder, I do wonder, but I'm, 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 you know, David Yates hasn't done a film since Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2. It's going to be interesting to see, it's going to be his first feature film actually not in the Harry Potter universe. So that would be interesting in, is, in is itself. Has a film since then? No. Bloody hell. And that was, I mean, Jesus, I was still working at View then, so it was before 2012. That's, yeah, it's been a long time since he's done out of that. You know, that, that's... So, yeah. Um, that's cool. he, he, he was one of those guys who got offered a shitload of stuff, and it was like, I don't think he could really, like, nail down anything that he really wanted to do. But, yeah, so, I, I don't know. I'm I'm somewhat intrigued. If, if it gets good reviews, or if there's nothing out that weekend, I'll happily see it. Yeah, yeah, I'd happily agree with that on there. And uh, what's the what's the other one then? Oh, it is the wonder of the nice guys, uh, the Shane Black um, writing and directing, um, with starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Um, it is. It's it's Shane Black doing what he does essentially. It's a it's none more black. A buddy comedy. Uh, that's a bit of a. You know, the only thing that's not got a blackism in it is the fact that it doesn't appear to be set at Christmas. Uh, oh, actually, there, like in the background of one of the um, the shots, there is some sort of like Christmas ornament. Oh, well, the, the, do you know what? That that's just made it even better. But you've got Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, Matt Bomber. Um, 
Christian Vasquez-Basinger, whichever one it is now. Um, I'm, I'm guessing there'll be a whole host of other people where you go, oh, it's him. Um, in there, it's set in the 70s. You've got Russell Crowe playing a tough guy and Ryan Gosling playing a... a, a well, I think he's, he's a private eye, isn't he? But a bit of a bumbling one. Um, yeah, same it, it looks magnificent. It, it, it genuinely does look absolutely fantastic. I laugh. Yeah, uh, the, the, the scene of uh, Ryan Gosling sat on the toilet trying to uh, keep the door open while holding the gun <laughs> whilst reading what is it? Mm. The magazine. It, it, it's, it's brilliant. It's it's all about the falling into the pool when the one guy just goes splat for me. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it's... I, I am pumped. I really hope they release this on a weekend where it, it, it's able to have its day. Like... I, it just, I am all over this. Yeah. It's none more black. It looks like Kiss Kiss. It just look, it looks like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. It does. It, 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 it literally, it, it looks, do you know what it looks like? Then when um, they released uh, Bad Lieutenant Part of Call New Orleans, where they essentially mm. they went, it's not a remake, it's just taking the same idea and yeah. putting it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Looks like the nice guys. Looks like they've gone. What if we took Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and put it in the seventies? And then, the, like the sequel, should be some sort of time travel thing where they find themselves in the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang world. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or they both one travels forward in time, one travels back in time, and we get them in the eighties. Fuck oh, it. Why not? God. It actually just writes itself. Oh it, my god. It's this. Yeah, I, you you do hope this this gets it there. I, I, it, the thing is. Russell Crowe movies usually do quite well. He, he still has a, a good following. Yeah, he's got a bank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gosling um, does have his, you know, the fact that he's been away for a little bit and he's come back, I think will will suit him quite well. Um, and Shane Black, you know, he's got a bit of a name again now. Uh, but I do like the fact that it's just him doing one of his movies. I like, I like that. I will just say as well, to the, for the people who were like annoyed by the fact it said from the director of Iron Man three, it's to get it's, people watching. It's going to make more people see the film and make Shane Black more of a viable property. Exactly. Let them say from the director of Iron Man three. Yes, it's a shame you can't say from the director of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but it is what it is. And as 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 well, Shane Black it won't care. <laughs> about about that, you know, this is a man who essentially loves the fact that he can take the piss out of what is it. If they said to him, "Oh, we're going to put this on there," it's going to make the film more money. He'll go, "I give a shit. That makes me more fucking money and more people yeah. see my film." And also, as well, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, everybody loves it. It's a brilliant film. Uh, it's you know, it's become a proper cult film. It, it bombed. It didn't make money. Yeah, it did. It did really. It did really badly. And like Joel Silver basically backed it as a favor to Shane Black to yeah. kind of get him get him some heat again. You know, it, I mean, it is what it is. I just, yeah, man, it, I'm well, they, they so excited. Put, for this. They can't put from the writer of Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon will be nearly thirty years old when that comes out. <laughs> Iron Man is a Pavlovian dog 
Marvel, Marvel, ding, 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 kind of thing. You know, it, it just, it, it, I don't know, it will work. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that movie. Yeah, fucking defo. That, that is, that is the movie next year where I'm going. If there's a Thursday night preview, I'm watching it there. If not, I'm taking the Friday off work. Nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, so on to uh, our main review, which is of Krampus, directed by uh, Michael Doherty, uh, who directed the previous horror uh, anthology movie, uh, Trick or Treat, was it? Yeah. I'm, I'm rating that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I started saying it and thought, I, I am right on this, aren't I? Uh, he also wrote Superman Returns and Urban Legends Bloody Mary, so we'll forgive him. Um, stars, uh, who does it star? Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Coetcher, uh, and a bunch of other people. Uh, David Keckner, by the way. Keckner, is it? Is that yeah. Co- well, it's certainly not Coetchner. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm t- Uh, essentially it's the story of every Christmas movie ever mostly Christmas Vacation but with um, a a, a wish that invokes Krampus which is essentially the evil Santa Uh, Ian Krampus, what do you think? Fucking loved it there you go (laughs) um I wasn't expect I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, yeah, but I mean, like I I watched it on a rainy as fuck December evening after having been in the car with Lottie for four hours that day, like just really wanting to have a good time. This did it from the start. I was in. You're going to have, like, fucking scenes of Black Friday shoppers going mental and bashing into store clerks and fighting over shit while it's beginning to look like Christmas plays in the background. You've got me. I, I like, I am the, I am the film's property. Um, and as it goes on, it sets things up really well. It builds up really slowly, really methodically. And when it, when it goes bang... It's kind of like House of the Devil, where suddenly it just goes fucking mental. But it, it but then it it kind of sustains the mental and just gets dark and twisted and fucked up. And I I like I loved it. I, I mean I need to we I mean we'll get into it, but Mark, I genuinely you are a dick. You have not given me any indication of what you thought of this. Right. Um, I'm glad we're recording this. I saw this on Sunday morning. I saw this uh, at 20 to 11 on Sunday morning. I'm glad we didn't do the review on Sunday night, is what I'll say. Okay. Because I was incredibly lukewarm on this film when we came out, when I came out of, of watching it. Uh, Variance aside, I've been a little bit kind of about it. And then the more it's kind of sat with me, my issues with it have kind of dissipated. And then I've had this wave of, well, I really like that bit, and I really like that bit. And I'm left now with this feeling of, do you know what? Next year, it'll be one of those films where, because I only watch Christmas films in December. I only watch them at Christmas. I won't watch a Christmas film in April or anything like that. 
I'm already looking forward to sitting on my sofa and slinging this on and uh, watching this late one Christmas night when it's cold outside. I can do that. Because all of the issues have kind of gone away and been overtaken by the fact that when it's on and when it's working, this film really fucking works. And then there's a few bits for me where it goes a little bit... It, it, it doesn't work for me, but I've almost forgotten about those in like under a week's time, so they can't be that important. I mean, what what were what, I mean? Like, do you, can you think I, of anything I, specifically? I, I, I loved the, the opening. I loved the opening build up uh, to it. Uh, however, I did feel that um, it got a bit sort of baggy towards the um, second part of the middle. If you t- if you know what I mean. Um, so, is that like before the attic? Or just after the attic. Oh right, okay. All right. There, it, it dipped a little bit for me, um, and I felt a little bit kind of going, not really, not really, not really digging this. But I, I think that was. I think when I came to the cinema, I thought that was for longer than it actually was. I think it was maybe a couple of minutes or something like that. And, and when I came to the cinema, I think I thought it was longer. I thought it was like twenty minutes or something. But it can't have been because the film's only fucking ninety-eight minutes long. So, yeah, there was that. Um, I didn't like the ending until I thought about it and then thought, oh, wait a minute. I think I'm looking at the ending in the wrong way. Okay, I'm intrigued. How were you looking at it? Well, remember, guys, we're all spoilers all the time. Um, Well, I was looking at it. As you know, the snow globe, um, as essentially... They're all now trapped in that snow globe, and yeah. um, they all have to just keep on repeating that day because that's what he wanted everything to be back as it was. But they've mm. all realised that they're repeating that day. It's it's the fact that they know. Well, ah, but that's what I thought. But then I was talking to Becky about it, and she said, "Yeah, that's not how I read it." I was like, "So okay. I, I didn't like that. I thought that that doesn't sit well with me. If this, you know, it just doesn't work." with the film for me um but then she said no that essentially is that's how krampus is going to keep an eye on on them all through the snow globe and that's how he keeps an eye on all these people but they just happen to have you know remembered that they went through all of that shit um i i prefer the reading i prefer the reading that they're stuck in the snow globe i don't like that one and they know they are. That's the thing. Like I thought, I I think that's a great ending. Yeah, I I, I, I that works. Okay. But I don't think it, to to me it doesn't work for for the kind of idea that that I the, or the bits that I liked about the film, which essentially was a little bit like a an R-rated Amblin movie. But because I, I I understand that the thing I like about it is that. You think the kids, the, the kid kind of like saying sorry and whatnot is going to be enough. And then Krampus not only rejects that, but twists the knife. Hmm. I, I like that idea in a kind of a, 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 a like just a, you know, a hey, kid. You can't just say sorry and expect everything to go back to normal. That That's not the way the world works. Fuck you. Oh yeah, have your happy ending. I'm gonna give you ten minutes or so, and then fuck you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you see, it, it, it's good that it is it is open to sort of different interpretations. Yeah, totally. But I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Becky said this, and I thought, oh, I actually quite like that though. <laughs> that one. The thing, no, I just I I like the fact that. I, I like my reading of it that, you know, the kid's saying sorry and he realises the error of his ways and Krampus is like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you, you summoned me. You're going to fucking deal with me now, you little bastard. Yeah, I'm Krampus. I'm a dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm Krampus. I'm an asshole. Deal with it. Yeah. I, I, I like the way that it, 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 it the way it deals with, with, with the characters, essentially, where... All the time, you're thinking, oh, well, that character will come back, that character will come then that character will come back. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, they don't. <laughs> they, all the time, you're thinking, oh, the daughter will come back, she'll come bursting in at some point. Oh, no. It's just, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the fact that everybody bloody dies. And what, and what I think is really kind of interesting about it as well is that it sets up all these relationships that you know the uh, like so and so doesn't go on with so and so and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff either stops or just gets solved through the situation mm. so you don't you don't have people being antagonistic towards each other throughout the the whole thing like it normally would be it's it is just like right we're in this situation we got we got to try and try and get out of it i like i like that it's not david keckner and adam scott bickering at each other the whole film like you'd kind of expect it to be and then maybe they have a moment right at the end no they they have that conversation like uh, maybe about a third of the way through when they're like they're, they're both kind of sitting out the window and david keckner says like i'm sorry i thought you were such a Pansy or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I really didn't like him, so I thought he was such a... Yeah, essentially, like, pansy. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, I mean, like, I, I like the, the way that, that all, all that kind of stuff's done. And then it is basically them versus the situation. Mm. You know, I, 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 I enjoyed that. You didn't need to create any more tension because Krampus and his minions were tension enough. Yes, and it, it and it and it didn't feel overstuffed as a as a result. I, and also, I've got to say as well, this is PG thirteen in the US. Is it? Yeah, and yeah, is it? Yes. The sequence with the attic, it is interspersed with David Koechner versus the Gingerbread Men, yeah. but you've got the fucking snake clown predator face thing. Mm. With, with, like, just the cold, dead eyes and the little doll thing. The, the, oh, the, 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 the Christmas angel. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, with the razor teeth. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's full on, man. It is, like, it cuts every now and then to David Koechner, but then it'll just cut back and it's, like, snake predator clown is eating someone <laughs> or trying to get at someone through a fucking air vent while... Christmas angel laughs and fucking tries to rip someone's throat out. Like it's, I mean, it's. That, that, I I'm gobsmacked that that's a PG thirteen. I know. Yeah, I mean, fifteen feels appropriate. I think yeah. that, like it, it doesn't need an eighteen. Oh, it doesn't need eighteen. Like if, to be fair, if I was fifteen, I'd probably be pretty wigged out watching that shit. I mean, the, 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 then again, in saying that, um, I'd happily watch it with Isabel. How old is she now? She's uh, 11, so I'd happily watch this with her. Uh, and, you know, with actually looking at it going, 
could I sneak her in? Could I sneak her in? No, it's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll have the thing is that. But then again, it's that sequence out by genuinely God. weirded me out. Yeah, she's not that sort of weak, freaked out by gore and stuff like that. And you know, there's no what we tend to avoid with it is it, we are watching is anything that's overtly sexual um, or anything that we think is just that she won't understand. Sure. So, for instance, she can't see martyrs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like blue velvet, it's not yeah. on her rotation just yet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But something like this would work quite quite well. It, you know, it, it's got that kind of that amped up Gremlins kind of aesthetic to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's very much of, of that ilk, and it just it feels like a film made by a guy who likes horror mm. getting in actors who do give it their all. In fairness, I will. My one complaint with the film that I really have. It's just Adam Scott, when shit is going bad, like the attic, I don't know, this might be direction, though. He kind of is a bit quippy. <laughs> and it it took me out of it. But he has a couple of one-liners. Yeah. And it was just a bit like, I'm not really feeling that. And I it was it's kind of already hard enough to see Adam Scott as a family man who's got, like, a teenage kid and Tony Collette's his wife. That already feels like a bit of a stretch. And strange about Adam Scott is, is, is it's hard to sort of place how old he actually is. Cause, I mean, he's, he's in his... Yeah, that's true also. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He quite easily, you know, the kid's supposed to be, what... He's in his 40s? He's 42 or 43, I think. Fair enough. All right, fair enough. It's Adam Scott is, is, is a really strange one. Uh, he's been going for for years. I think one of his first films was he was in one of the uh, Hellraiser. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That was one of his first films. There, that was like ninety six. Fucking hell! So he's had like, I, a twenty year career. I don't know. I mean, it just he's a strange one, Adam Scott. Actually, oh, I tell you what, man. Fucking never clean gl- your glasses with menthol Kleenex. It's smeary as. Fuck now. Oh no, I use I use those what is it ones? Uh the glasses wipes. Oh Jesus, I fucked that up a treat. Sorry. Um glasses, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Um yeah, get get the glasses wipes, they're fucking great. Yeah, I'm having my fucking little glasses case and the cloth of it in work. Anyway, sorry. Um um yeah, so I I d I don't know, I just it's it's an awful lot of fun. Um I I, I, I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen more of Krampus himself. Maybe, yeah. I think the good thing is, is he's kind of, he's the one you see the least of, of, of all. You know, you've got the minions running around and you've got, um, and he's the one you kind of see the, the, the least of. You you see more of the, the outline of him, I suppose, would be the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really see him up close there. I like the fact that he's a static expression. Yes, sure. uh, I thought yeah, that yeah, that yeah. worked really well. The fact that they've not they've not tried to CGI him too much. He looks like a you know there's no snarling movements or anything like that. Everything's static with the exception of a cold breath, mm. uh, which which I, I I really I really really liked. It, it's I also like the fact that, that it, it's it's all one location really. You know, with the exception of the little bit outside, it, it it's all one house and a street. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, apart from 
the bit where the girl goes and then the bit where they go to try and find the girl and then right at the end. It is, it's probably in the house for like a solid at least an hour of the runtime. Exactly, yeah, which, which works really well for, like, I think, the film. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a, you know, part of the reason it's, it's a good way to keep budget down, to be honest, you know, and, and a lot of it. The, the dynamic, like you were saying, works really well. Some of the bits where the film's really good, where the film could have failed, really, is the, the whole kind of family dynamic of them kind of chatting could have failed quite quite badly but it doesn't it, it works really well within those bits the the interactions work quite well it, it's fun there's enough kids but there's two, there's also enough of the adults and things like that and having them all in one room worked really quite well yeah and i mean like nobody's nobody's an objectionable arsehole i mean david keckner's character i like how he appears basically like randy quaid in uh, in, yeah. in christmas vacation at the start but he's fleshed out and the whole kind of like a shepherd's got to watch his flock kind of thing it's like yeah all right fair enough you know and he you think he's, and he's capable as well you yeah. know it's not like he's all mouth no trousers exactly you, you know at first you are interested and you you will anybody who's watched christmas vacation will go oh so he's Really quid nah. but then you very quickly realise that he's he's not a dick. He's just a little bit of a dick. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those where he just he doesn't he has no tact. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's slightly sociopathic in that kind of way, I suppose. But then you have got Alison Tolman who. who um, balances him out really well yeah. I, I think as well and she's just very nice and very sweet and yeah I, I it yeah that works well I mean Conchata Farrell was the the auntie's kind of doing her thing slightly but I mean she's sarcastic fat lady you yeah. know it is what I, I could have a little bit less of her to be honest yeah I yeah I, I think that's fair she felt a little bit like like a character that was maybe funnier on the page and it's not a bad performance it's a perfectly fine performance, but it just, it felt a little bit, every time she started doing something, I'd be like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I think maybe we're, we're running out on this one, but it just, I, I, I found it a great deal of fun. It's not going to be in my top 10, you know, it, it's, it, it, I mean, you know, it, it's not, it's not a five star film for me, but it is one that is going to be in my rotation, and I'm quite looking forward to making Lottie watch it in a, in a decade's time. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sort of like it coming out sort of in the lead up to next Christmas, um, and watching it kind of at home. You know, sat, uh, you know, when it's fucking freezing outside on a horrible night, and going, I'm gonna watch Krampus because it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, straight up, um, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Nice. Right, um, we shall move on. I will let you explain what is happening in uh, the uh, penultimate part of our uh, Ian and Mark play with their lightsabers, where we are covering 1980s, The Empire Strikes Back. What is going on in this one, Ian? Indeed. So it's directed by uh, Erwin Kirshner, um, director of Robocop 2, and... um, He's more celebrated for this. Yeah. Um, and the, the gang is back, basically. So um, th- the film starts off on Hoth, uh, where there is a rebel base, and uh, the Imperial forces have essentially found the rebels. Um, and the film basically deals with Luke going off to get his Jedi training with Yoga, uh, Yoda in the Dagobah system, while um, Hatton and Leia continuously flirt while Chewie makes noises in the background. 
and uh, they evade the Empire and find themselves going to Cloud City, where they meet Lando Calrissian, played by the fantastic Billy D. Williams, and um, shit gets real. Mm. So, who wants to start? I'll let you start. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, I love Empire. I love all the all the three original films, and. Um, what I what I really like about it is the fact that it's got so many kind of plates spinning in 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 the air, and it, it somehow manages to not break any of them. At least in my opinion, um, you've got Mark Hamill um, playing up the kind of slightly whiny but also confident. Like the, the going on the lighter path of what Hayden Christensen was going on with with episodes one, two and three, but with more personality and just more an obvious sense of good instead of bland. And I mean, good in terms of personality, not, not performance necessarily. I mean, Hamill's not the strongest actor in the world. I think he does, he does well, but lines like, um, Hey, that's my dinner. Uh, It's just uh, like, it's a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, but it, I mean, it is what it, it is what it is with Hamill, and we'll we'll talk about him in Jedi and his natty black suit in Jedi as well later. But um, yeah, I, I mean, this one, the Han and Leia relationship, I think is 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 perfectly well done. It is kind of weird watching them all in such close proximity, where straight away in in this one, there's tension between them, what like kind of sexual tension, whereas in A New Hope, that's not quite there just as much but it makes it very clear here what i also like about this one is the fact that the the cinematography is is so much better it's such a more lush looking film um and it 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 feels like it had a bigger budget you know um i I, yeah i i don't know i mean like you've got the third act which is one of the defining third acts of of popular of, of hollywood cinema frankly you know um the film manages to end in a way that is pretty depressing, but also tinged with hope. Um, You know, you're never of the opinion that the bad guys are truly going to win the day by the end, but you are kind of wondering what the fuck is going to happen next. And if you were watching this on original release, I can't imagine what that must have been like. Hmm. Um, But yeah, Mark, go on. This is like widely regarded as the best of the films, isn't it? It is widely regarded, yes. Yeah. I promise I'm not being minished for this. I promise. <laughs> I really, really do. I think it's... Um, I'm going to try and select my words carefully. <laughs> I think it's messy and boring. Jesus Christ, really? Do you know what I said to Becky after we watched this? I'm really disappointed because because when we started doing this, all I was looking at was going. You had the best of intentions. Was, man, was going right. I'm going to give the first three, the the, 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 the second three, so the the first three of the films, but the prequels, another go. But I kind of know they're going to be shit. I watched Star Wars fairly recently, and it it it, it wasn't my bag. But I was looking, at going. But Empire is the one everybody universally seems to, to love and then the people who it, it, there's always an argument between is it Empire or is it Jedi the best one and most people tend to go for Empire 
So I was looking at it going, that's that's what I'm looking forward to, is because I I know that I might not like the first four, but at least the last two I'm going to get something out of. And, yeah, I was... The Han and Leia stuff didn't work for me at all. It decided after the first one, oh, that kind of work, let's put it in. But it didn't actually sit right. Um, Mark Hamill's crap. Let's... Um, he looks like he's got some kind of weird skin condition, which if he does, I apologise, Mark. Well, he, you know he had a motorcycle crash. Did he? Yeah. Did, did he his face got fucked up. Yeah. yeah, no, his face got fucked up. That's why... Then, then, then I apologise. I did start by saying apologise. Yeah, no, no, totally you did. No, that's why they have a, the, the bit at the start where he's um, where he's attacked. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Harrison Ford looks like the, the, the time... Looks, looks a little bit like Bored Ford, and he looks like constantly was waiting for craft services to open. Um, it just... <laughs> I was watching it going, I, what, why, why aren't you good? Why can't you be the Star Wars film I like? This is... what, well, did, did Becky watch it? Yeah. What, what was she like watching uh, it? Because she's, she's a big Star Wars fan. And she, um, mate, this whole thing must be like nails on chalkboard for you. I'm so sorry. She, 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 um, she remembered Empire being better. She didn't, she, she didn't like it. it it's the least favourite of, of the, um, it was. She thought it was her favourite of the, um, the, 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 the the what is it? But she's not watched them about sort of five six years. She didn't enjoy it this much this time. But that might have been because every few seconds she was turning around and looking at me, open mouth, going, "Oh, fuck off, go!" <laughs> all the time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, scary at all. Okay. Um, I was uh, also as well. I thought that the the hand thing. And the I'm your father bit was in Jedi. So when that arrived, I was like, oh, that's here. Oh. Oh, that's it. Oh. Well, well, you say that's it. The whole thing in Jedi is him trying to save his father's soul. Oh, no, no, wait. No, I was meaning, that is that it in this? Oh, don't worry. We will come to Jedi. Um, God. So, yeah, I was... um, Unfortunately, yeah, I was a, I was a bit bored, and I feel. What, what did you, what, what did you think? What did you think of the Battle of Hoth? Which one was? Which which bit was that? At the start, the Hoth, the ice planet. Yeah, no, nah, just it's more zoom, zoom, zoom. That's it. That's all it's got. Then tying the cable around the fucking at and then it it falling down. I mean, you can't. You've got to at least appreciate the miniature work. Oh, the miniature work is fantastic. I like that, and with the exception of the fact that um, that Yoda looks a little bit like a deformed gooseberry, the 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 model work is fantastic, and it that looks so much better than the CGI shit that we got in the first ones. I do like those bits, but the problem is, is it, it was it was wrapped up in bits that I just couldn't connect with. That I, that I think is the key thing is this these films don't get me and I think if they get you and they get most people but we'll come to my feelings on Star Wars as a whole when we talk about Jedi uh, because it's a better place for me to summarise my feelings on it all we're, we're, we're going to need someone out another voice on the Force Awakens review I think the thing is I, I, I'm, I'm still looking forward to the Force Awakens and I still hope 
my, my, do you know what my worst fear about The Force Awakens is? That, that it's another Phantom Menace and everybody's disappointed. Because that will be horrible. Because there is so many people looking forward to it and excited about it. And that's what's great about cinema is the fact that people can get excited about it. And it will be fucking horrible. And I, I absolutely, 100%, will not be one of those people that will revel in the fact that it's shit if it's shit. I won't at all. Okay. I will be as gutted as Star well, not as gutted as Star Wars fans, but I will definitely not be one of those that will go, see, told you Star Wars was just shit. Because I don't want people to be disappointed. Because why would you why would you want that? Why would you want essentially two thirds of the fucking planet to, to go to the film and be looking forward to something and have a shitty time? You'd have mm. to be a serious you'd have to be a cunt. There's no other word for it. <laughs> You would have to be a cunt. So that is what I am with The Force Awakens. I hope I have a great time. And if I don't have a great time, I hope every other fucker has a great time. Because I am absolutely 100% on the fucking the side of... I'm, I'm the bastard here. <laughs> I'm the one who's wrong. It's not you people. It's not you people who love it and are getting all of this out of it. You're the guys who are having fun. So how can I tell you that you're wrong? Because you're the people having fun. I mean, okay. I mean, did did you notice the cinematography being any better at all? It did look nicer. Yeah, it's it's a better made film uh, in terms of it's a better directed film in terms of the fact that the the director looks like he he knows that the actors and not just toys brought to life that he can sell. Whereas that's what... Uh, it does. Star Wars does feel a little bit like that in the ones that, that Lucas directs, where he's going, oh, look at this, this will make a great toy, this will make a great toy, this will make a great toy. Whereas this felt a little bit like... It, it felt a little bit more like, right, we've got an actual... We've got a rounded story and everything like that. I just felt that it was it, the story was a mess, really. I I just I I don't I don't see the mess thing. I mean, there's only really two threads. Yeah, but the the two threads, the mess bit is the fact that the Han and Leia thing were just dropped into it, and they just keep doing the same thing. That's it. You know, oh, I I I don't like you. You don't, you know. Well, no, no. In fairness, and Harrison Ford really early on is like, "Come on, you know you want it." Yeah, that, that, that's just because she's a female, and that's his kind of cow- space cowboy cad kind of thing. I, 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 I'm not too sure about that. He's going pretty full bore on her, and he's like, "Look," it, it, but it's also a combination of wanting her and also just wanting to be told he's right. And I, I, I quite, I quite like that. I, huh? This is, hmm. It slightly feels like we're watching two different films almost, but it must just be because I'm watching it from a certain pair of eyes, and you're and watching, watching it from a certain yeah, pair of eyes. And that, that's, uh, that's absolutely it. The, the Yoda scene, every scene with Yoda, and I was, I was cringing at how, and I'm still baffled as to how Yoda became uh, kind of like an iconic figure from these films because he don't really do out really apart from wander around and go 
Well, that, well, I mean, he's cheeky and he's constantly testing Luke. And he's also, and like, to be fair, the kind of having random words in his lines at any one time thing is a bit of a USP. Um, yeah, I, I, that's just irritating. Oh, my God. He, lo- he looks like one of the Hulk's hemorrhoids. I just, I, I cannot get on with Yoda throughout any of these films. I honestly, I, I, I still don't understand the Force. Still don't get it. They're just the Jedi's are still just. They're, they're, what is it about with hands as well? Why are they always chopping people's arms and hands off? Because then they won't be able to use their lightsabers. It just, it just, they. For, for, to say to be that's a perfectly good answer, Mark. It's an all right answer, yeah. Answer. But they, they do go there. They do get violent very quickly. <laughs> to say that they're supposed to be peaceful and they're only there to keep the peace, they, they get violent quickly. Well, they get violent at each other. They're very violent. At each other. Yeah. They're they're a they're a they're a bit like they're a bit it'll, like it'll, American it'll, police at a riot. In all fairness... Well, keep the peace, but fucking hell, we can get right. down now. It, no, I agree with the prequels. I Yeah, yeah, the fact, like, at the start of episode one, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are like, we're peacekeeping, now. we're not, we're going to fuck these robots when does up. I, yeah. to it? Because he's never mentioned, and then all of a sudden he's um, Ben or Obi-Wan or whatever the fuck his name is. He's his... Jedi Master kind of guy, but Yoda keeps saying he was Obi Wan Kenobi's Jedi Master kind of guy. Hmm, that's a fair point. You know, because because why gone Razal Ghul isn't in it? Is it mentioned at all? And then just the part of it. In all fairness, as we discussed last week with the retconning and how badly that works, I'm on your side with that kind that kind of stuff. But, you there, know. but there's a good explanation for, for, for um, the um, Anakin dead kind of thing that we mentioned last week in Jedi. Like oh, did, um, did uh, what, what did Steve uh, clarify for us this week? Uh, Steve clarified how uh, Princess Leia was a princess. Oh, that's right. And it's... Um, why was it? Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Smith's missus uh, was um, queen of um, Magic Town or somewhere. Um, right. Uh, 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 that's it, which 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 makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, by the way, Steve, he's, Prince, he's got, he's, I'm sure he's Ali, not meaning to denigrate. By the way, I'm sure Mark's not trying to denigrate your no, lifelong. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that, that that's good up. It, it, that makes sense. You know, it's, it's give me magic town. Yeah, yeah. Ma- I can remember it. Queen of Alderaan. That's it. Alderaan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alderaan. Should have fucking known that one. It's a fairly famous planet in this world. Uh, yeah. So that that makes sense. But yeah, I just. <laughs> I, I just want to say they're violent at each other in this because Luke doesn't know he's his dad at that time. He just thinks it's someone who's going to kill my friends. So yeah, I, and also there's the is he going to go light side? Is he going to go dark side thing? But we know and Vader. Sorry, we know he's not going to go dark. Side. Well, we know that, but the story doesn't. Yeah, but we do. We know it because oh. look at him. Yeah, we know it. He never, he never looks at any point like he's going to go dark side. He, 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 he does. He looks very wet. No, yeah, I agree. Mark Hamill looks very wet. Uh, yes, all I'm saying is, in the story, 
they, you know, it, 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 it's uncertain whether he's going to go light or dark. We know because of cinematic tropes and the fact that, fact that Mark Hamill looks a bit wet. But in this world, you never know. Luke might be the fucking Terry Crews of the Star Wars world. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It, yeah. Not big deal what it is. Ah, oh, fucking. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> Definitely not shit. You're an idiot. I'm going to have to say it. I, I thought it was a bit shit. <laughs> oh. UK, didn't you give Star Wars Touching Cloth? Yeah. You, uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. What I've given definitely not shit is Revenge of the Sith. You're saying Revenge of the Sith is better than The Empire Strikes Back? In a roundabout way, I think I am, yeah. Which, which one of these films is worse than Empire Strikes Back, Mark? Which one of these films? The first one. Which one of all the films is worse than Empire Strikes Back? Oh, the first two are terrible. Right, okay, fair enough. Fan all right. And, um, um... Oh, God, they're, they're so much worse than, than Empire, yeah. But I did think Empire was boring. Oh, God, I don't even know what you're going to say about Jedi. <laughs> Weird. Oh, well, yeah, all right. We'll, do, well, let's do some what we watch. I need a beer. All right, I'll let you go get a beer then. Fuck me, sideways. Right, okay. There we go. Yo. You. Right. Do you want to start us with your first what you've been watching or a few of your what you've been watching? All right, Capitan. Um, Shitload since we last recorded, in fairness. <laughs> um, I'll very briefly mention A Very Murray Christmas just because it's not a film, but I had a lot of fun with it. I know it's been getting some mixed reviews, and it's... <clears throat> It's got its weak points, uh, but yeah, um, it's it's fun. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a go. I'm not watching anything overtly Christmassy. I am watching. I've watched a couple of kind of Christmas movies. I'm not watching anything overtly celebrating Christmas until I'm in the new house. No, fair enough. Um, no decorations up or anything because there's no fucking point in doing out here. No, fair enough, man. I know. I mean, I'd say it's it's definitely worth doing with like a, with a drink, you know. It's like to chill out with. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. Uh, I will say, Phoenix, like it's directed by Sofia Coppola, so of course ah. it's somewhere, and it kind of like it's just like why um, they even actually Bill Murray actually says play us something nobody knows, <laughs> you know. So it's just like for fuck's sake. So anyway, yes, uh, Beethoven's Christmas Adventure. I was paid to. Watch it. Like the eighth Beethoven movie. Like seventh. seventh, is it? Yeah. Tom Arnold's The Voice of Beethoven. Oh, my God, I'm watching this. It's on Netflix UK. <laughs> Stars the kid from Turbo Kid. Is it? Yeah, Monroe Chambers, yeah. Um, and Robert Picardo's the bad guy. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> Beethoven's Christmas at the No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, uh, I mean, it's not offensively bad, but it's fucking not terrible. Very good. Yeah, I, you know, hey. um, I rewatched Ant Man, uh, which is uh, as good as last time. It's a breath of fresh air in the Marvel universe, I think. And there you go. Um, so, how many more have I got? I got one, two, three, four, five. I think. So I'll do. Okay, I'll do. Two films that are going to be both contenders for my top ten at the end of the year. Oh, nice. Um, so, Carol, 
um, which won't be a contender for the top ten at the end of the year for you because Kate Blanchett's the star. <laughs> well, Rudy Mara is equally the star, but yeah, no, I, I, I am looking forward to catching it, but obviously I, I won't get to catch it in the, the, the cinema unless unless it's still straggling around uh, towards the end of the year. Well, I've got some time off. I, I, I might actually go and see it if I can. I, th- I, I think it might be one that might be yeah available mm. at some point in the near future. So um, yeah, uh, but I did see it in the cinema. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those films where it's just, it, it's, for me, it's as good as everyone was saying it was. Which is good. Um, often, my worry about it was that it would end up being one of those where everybody says it's amazing because of certain subject matters within the film. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, but you know, it's like Fury Road where everyone was complaining on about how good it was and it turned out to be as good as everyone said it was. So, you know, um, so yeah, story for those who don't know, um, set in 50s um, New York, um, Carol, played by Kate Blanchett, is a, um, uh, a rather unhappy um, kind of housewife uh, married to Carl Chandler, who had um, a thing with a woman previously, and they now live separately. They have a, a, a slightly, they have a strained relationship where they're kind of, living separately but trying to make it work for the sake of their daughter and um carol meets uh therese played by rooney mara who's a um shop assistant um who she has a lot of male friends and a lot of those male friends want to be more than friends and she doesn't really seem to kind of fit in she doesn't really know what she well she knows what she wants to do in life but she's feeling like she's in a holding pattern and Carol comes into her life and they, they kind of both change each other's lives. Now, what's really interesting is that it takes a long time for them to get down to it. Yeah. And before before that, it's just, you know they both want each other. And they, it's not sexual tension as such. It's just more a sense of a wanting to be... Like it's almost like they're a half and together they'd be whole, that kind of cheesy thing. But it, it does actually play it out quite well. They feel like two lost souls who are going to connect if one of them can kind of take the plunge, basically. Um, and, it, it, you know, at, at the start, like um, Therese is kind of musing about whether a woman can be in love with another woman and it not be sexual, but they just want to spend time with each other all the time. That, 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 that kind of thing. And it's... Um, so it, it takes it takes a while, and uh, it's interesting because the the certificate at the start says like strong sex, um, infrequent strong sex, and it, it's pretty much only one scene where they they get they get down to it, and it's like the the scene where they actually like properly get together, and um, apart from that, it is more about the performance and about people who want to be with each other. But but it's not like society telling them no, yeah. like are just pushing them, saying no, no, no. It's that they know society is going to tell them no. Because my worry there again was a little bit that it would be one of those stories that we've kind of seen before, and it's a bit like have we seen this before? Though? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like a polemic. It doesn't actually feel like it's got. Um, a bee in its bonnet and something to say. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it's just it is a love story. Um, but it's told with an amazing amount of style. The Carter Burwell score is amazing. Um, that fuck has been on on my iPhone 
for the last week and a half now. And it's like the main theme is lovely um, in, in particular. The, 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 it was shot in 16 millimeter. Oh. Um, so it's grainy as fuck. I bet, yeah. Uh, which, which is, it, which is awesome. Um, it, it very much feels like it, it very much evokes the fifties New York, but also like it's, it, it's set in winter. It's actually like Christmas and New Year um, for like a large part of it set around then, and um, it it kind of captures that uh, the kind of the wintry, slightly desolate but sometimes really warm kind of thing that 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 film cinematography can do. Um, so that that's great. I mean, the, the performances are top notch. You know, um, I love film. You know, I love. Film. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, the, the performances are top notch. I mean, Rooney Mara, she kind of her character just seems to grow from the moment she meets Carol. It's almost like the she's on, she's kind of like the reins are taken off and her character just grows. Her body language grows. And it's almost like a volume grows through the film. And by the, you know, by the end, she's like very confident, but you know, there's some hurt going on there. The, I mean, the opening of the film, it's very, it's very much like brief encounter. Like, I, I think it's being a homage to, um, where there's like a conversation, someone interrupts the conversation, and then by the time you get to the end, you see what led up to that conversation and whatnot. Um, and it's it's got an ending where I just you want it to go in one one direction so much, but you're really really unsure of whether it's going to. Uh, and it, it it kind of plays you like a fiddle in that way. But I wouldn't say it's it's manipulative. It's done the hard work of making you want these two people to just be together. Um, but also, Carl Chandler, I don't think he's getting enough notice as well, because, you know, in fairness, it is about Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. But um, his character, he's this guy who's just hurt. Yeah. And he's... Take, kind of taken out in bad ways, but it's not like he's he's not like he's violent or anything. It's it's psychological stuff, but it's not because he's being evil or a dick. It's because he's been hurt by Kate Blanchett. And there's a scene with some lawyers towards the end where he doesn't say anything, but his reactions to what Kate Blanchett is, is saying it's just it is so fucking good. Um, so yeah, Carol, man, it's, it, it's, it's really fucking great. You see, I, I'm, I'm, I actually really want to see this because of, because of all the sort of buzz it's been getting, to be honest. I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to catching it. I kind of got it a little bit that I would walk at time in the next sort of week or so to get to it. So, but if I do, when I do get time, I'll, I'll definitely get to it. So it's just, it, it doesn't feel like it's, it's. Um, film Twitter buzz. I, I, I think it is just genuinely. This is a great film. Um, so there's that. And one other brand it off to you. Um, Sean the Sheep the movie. Five out of five. Probably going to be <laughs> really? in my top ten. Really? It's fucking amazing. Ah, it's fair play, but... It's the funniest fucking thing I've seen this year. It's almost mostly silent. And I... Yeah. 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 Um, the humans in it speak basically like nonsense, like. Blah, 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 blah. You know that 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 kind of a thing. So it you know it, it's 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 uh like kind of body language. It's visual gags. It's silly. It's heartfelt. 
it tugs on the heartstrings and does so really well, but there's, it, you're never like more than 10 seconds away from a joke. Um, and it, it, it knows it's like 84 minutes long. It knows how long to be and then gets the fuck out of Dodge. Um, it's just, it's really, 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 really good. Um, I, I, I've got a feeling it probably will be in my top 10, so I'll probably save it for then uh, oh. to talk about it more. But it's, um, and to be fair, Carol's probably going to be in there as well. And I just talked about that for a while, but I'm, I'm mindful of the fact I've been speaking for a while now. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's laugh out loud funny a lot. Ah, good. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get to that at some point over the next few weeks. I'm sure it's only 85 minutes long, isn't it? So that's a, it's, it's an easy watch, that. If you do, I can't remember if you have Amazon Prime or not now, but it is on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, is it? I, I, I don't, but I'll easy. I might read it off there, to be honest. Oh, Fair play. iTunes, to be honest. Um, all right, cool. I'll, I, is that is that all of yours, or have you got a few more to do? Uh, yeah, I'm... I, I, uh... Not 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 all for me, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll oh, let you go. I'll, I'll fire through mine. I've I've not watched that much really, just from, from being insanely busy. Uh, we watched Die Hard because you know it's Christmas and it's fucking Die Hard, so you've got. I'll be getting there, bud. Um, it is magnificent, Die Hard. I don't need to tell anybody that. Um, but it is. But a weird thing that I noticed um, more this time I watched it than I've ever noticed before. Is just how fucking good uh, Michael Kamen's score is in it. It, it. It's magnificent. It really does add to the entire film. I'd never really noticed that as much. Um, it's yeah, it's just it's Die Hard. It's fucking brilliant. You know, it, it's I look forward to Christmas every year because I can watch Die Hard. Um, I also was gonna watch um, Die Hard two two, um, but remember that it's two and a half hours long. Uh, what me? Is it really? Yeah, Die Hard two two and a half hours long. And so I thought, I, I haven't got two and a half hours. Uh, I'll watch Die Hard 4 instead, which makes no sense because it's only 20 minutes fucking shorter. But in my mind, I didn't know that. And then I'd sat down to, to watch it, sat down, got everything sorted. So I had my, I had a drink and something to eat. And it was like, right, here we go. I'm watching, I'm watching Die Hard 4. And I forgot something about Die Hard 4. That when the credits started um, and I'd made that commitment... It flashed up at me. I went fuck, and it's that it's directed by Len Wiseman, who I despise uh-huh. um, with a deep lying passion. Um, yeah, so and I'm just oh, God, he's, he's a fucking cunt. He really is. Um, yeah, Dad Four is a mess of a movie, um, which you know can be explained by the fact that a it was never supposed to be a Die Hard movie. B um, the um, Justin Long character was originally supposed to be his son and they changed it. His daughter was never supposed to be in it and then they added her, uh, I think, after they'd started shooting. Um, and all of those things can kind of connect at the fact that Diad 4.0 is almost like a Diad reboot that they've tried to actually have with the same character and the same actor and everything. Bruce Willis is still entertaining in it. Um, to me, Oliphant is completely underused in it. Uh, Cliff Curtis is always great because he's Cliff Curtis. Um, it's one thing that's really weird is it, it's got um, John McClane gleefully having a fight with a woman. <laughs> Which oh, I, yes. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant's girlfriend in it. Yeah, it Maggie Q. Maggie Q, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who 
who also, strangely enough, and Maggie Q is one of those actresses who she she done a few films. Um, she's from like Hawaii or something like that, but she went over um, to um, Hong Kong and, and made quite a few films out there and got um, quite, you know, got quite big out there. And then was kind of for a while in like the mid uh, noughties, she was kind of thrust upon us. And, and none of us, you know, I'm sure she's nice and anything like that. And she's not a terrible actress, but none of us really cared that yeah. much, really. Uh, she's called Maggie Q because her surname is really difficult to pronounce. Do you know what it is? What? Quigley. Quigley? Yeah, honestly. Right, so, no, so that's why she's called Maggie Q then. Yeah, Quigley. Uh, 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 Maggie Q thing annoys me. Ma- Maggie Quigley. It, why she needs to be Maggie? It, it just, because Quigley's not a very uh... yeah. It just it just feels like such a a, a mid noughties name. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a fight where, where she starts beating up John McLean, and he goes, "This is awesome. I get to beat up a girl," <laughs> and he does with with with, with utter glee. And mm. you're kind of there going, "Oh, this is." No, wait a minute. It's not. Is this bad? Is it not bad? Should I feel wrong about this? Is it out of... No, it's not. It can't be. I I don't know where the sexual politics of this are. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yes, you know, he should be allowed to beat her up because why wouldn't he? Because she's kicking his ass. But it still feels weird. There's also a bit where he throws a car at a helicopter, which you kind of go, oh, come on. That looked cool. <laughs> and it, there's so many points. And then you're going, Kevin Smith? Really? And apparently, Kevin Smith insisted um, that he wrote all his own lines in it. Yeah, I heard So that. he wrote all his own lines. They filmed the scene, and then Bruce Willis went, that's great, it's brilliant, do you know what the only problem with it? What? It feels out of keeping with this, you know, with the film, with the seriousness of the film. So they redid it and toned it down a little bit. That is the story. What bullshit? Are you fucking serious? Nothing could have been too quippy and funny for a fucking diehard movie. But then again, this is 2007 Bruce Willis, not Bruce Willis that now will literally do anything as long as the paycheck's big enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a strange movie. The ending makes no sense. His daughter doesn't need to be in it at all because he's, he's built up enough of a, a kind of relationship with Justin Long's character that that, that you could imagine that he'd be up for saving him. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a fucking mess, but I actually enjoyed watching it. It's weird. I need to rewatch that at some point. Um, it is a mess, but it, 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 it I, I still enjoy watching it. I mean, fuck, we, we, I remember us reviewing Die Hard Five a couple of years back, and yeah. we were all right with that as well, weren't we? Fine with Die Hard Five, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm intrigued. I wanna, I wanna go back through the Die Hards. It's just like I'm kind of waiting for a time to do it. I might, I might just get them all done, like, because I'm gonna watch Die Hard in the next couple of weeks. Maybe I'll get them done in January. I, yeah, I'm because I watched Die Hard with the Vengeance a few weeks ago, and I watched Die Hard, and then I watched Die Hard 4.0, and then I'm going to watch Die Hard uh, 2 at some point. Yeah, because that was actually got two and a half Christmas. hours spare. Yeah, yeah. two and a half hours spare, but that one's set at Christmas, so I've got to watch it this month. 
And then just to complete, I watched Die 5. So I'll watch them completely out of sequence. But I will have watched them all in the space of like a six to eight week period. Hmm. Um, I watched another Christmas action movie. Uh, I watched Money Train, uh, the Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson play a oh, yeah. movie. Uh, Is that Brett Ratner? It's not. It's Joe no. Rubin. Um, oh, right. definitely not Brett Ratner. Where the fuck did I get that from? Yeah, what, 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 what did he do? Eh? No, no I, I'm talking out my ass, mate. I don't know what I'm chatting about. Yeah, and just for me, it's a strange one because he, 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 you know, he made some, you know, Sleeping with the Enemy, and you know, he made the original Stepfather, um, and sort of bits like that. Uh, and then, and, and this, um, which is obviously his crowning glory, um, is the movie where Wesley uh, Snipes and Woody Harrelson are both transit cops and they're brothers. Of course, why not? Of course, um, yeah. And um, Wesley Snipes is the together one and Woody Harrelson is the um, fuck up with a gambling addiction. Uh, and yeah, um, they end up, well, no, Woody Harrelson's character ends up robbing the money train. Uh, our Jennifer Lopez is in there. Um, Doing her own voice, but sounding really bad at doing her own voice. <laughs> Which, honestly, watch it, because... No, well, maybe, maybe don't watch it, but watch the trailer or something of it. Um, because it's her voice, but it sounds like she's putting her own voice on. It's really fucking weird. Uh, yeah, I, I still enjoy Money Train, and I do watch it every Christmas. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's shit, but I like it. Um, and getting on to uh, the last one that, that I've watched, I watched Ted 2. Now, oh, okay. yeah. I'm really warm on Ted. Uh, I liked it more the second time, but it, it's still a, a push. It's a three out of five star movie for me. Uh, I really, really liked Ted 2. Okay. Um, I thought the jokes came thick and fast, which I don't think they did in Ted. I thought it was a little bit, it was a little bit sweeter than Ted. It wasn't as as it, it wasn't as nasty and kind of crass as Ted, uh, while still being a little bit, while still being quite un PC. It, it felt like it had more of a heart towards it. I like the fact that um, they constantly take the piss out of, or it's not intended to take the piss, but there's a running joke of um, Amanda Seyfried knows nothing about popular culture. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is good. Oh, fucking, because she does. Is it like she doesn't really understand the Gollum thing? Yeah, she doesn't get it. Yeah, and she doesn't. Yeah, she, she, she with the Star Wars thing, she doesn't understand Star Wars. She makes a Star Trek reference, and then the the, the great thing of where they're talking about the, the the amazing moment where they say you're going to need a, a last name, and he just goes Club Alang, and it's yeah. not Rocky because you know. So well, you know what do you like? So like the classics, and she reels off a lot, and they don't, they don't know what she's talking about, and then the 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 F Scott Fitzgerald thing killed me. I don't remember. Sorry, remind me. Which she says to, to, to them, um, you know, can either of you tell me who wrote Great Gatsby? And they both, I can't remember what they both say, but they, they say somebody random. I think Ted says Shakespeare, and um, I think Matt Wahlberg's character names like a fucking baseball player or something like that. <laughs> and she says, no, it was F. Scott Fitzgerald. And they both go, whoa, I thought you liked the guy. And they go, what? Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, okay. So F him. It's like, no, it's, it's F. It's, it's for his first name. Why are you saying F him? No, it's, it's F. It stands for Frederick. No, it doesn't. It stands for fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it stands for Frederick. No, that, you, it, I, I, that, why wouldn't you be called Frederick Scott Fitzgerald? It stands for fuck. You're wrong on that. <laughs> the fact that they're just, they are just 
dimwits in this, which is brilliant. It's better than them actually kind of trying to flesh them out. They're just idiots in this. Um, yeah, it, it's the fact there's, there's so many just like gross out jokes that are funny. The fact that they go to the fucking comedy club to celebrate and just shout out really offensive things. Oh, for them to do improv. Yeah, it was, yeah, was yeah, just yeah, magnificent. Yeah. And the fact they, they, that's the bit where they go too far in it, but it works. I, 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 I did like that. The fact that Donnie's back um, and all, the, all that Ted's worried about with the fact of Donnie is that he's wearing a wig. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the way that Donnie works out um, which one's Ted is by singing Sweet Caroline and you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. And then the dance. It, it, it's, it's, yeah. I loved it. I really, really liked it, uh, which I, and I didn't think I'd say that because I was so lukewarm on the first and thought, why are they even bothering with the second? Oh, it's because there's a load of jokes there. Yeah, yeah, no, in fact, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed it myself actually. I, no great shakes, but I, I, I had a good, decent time with it. I think it's, it's interesting because the, the first one did really, 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 really well at the box office, and the second one did shit. And I kind of feel like... It still, made a, it still made a decent amount of money. Yeah, just not as much as they not expected much, it to. Yeah. But, like, it was like, if you evened those out a bit, I kind of think it would be fair enough. Yeah. Patrick Warburton's also fantastic in this one. Oh, yes. When they're just walking around just being jerk jocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, look... Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Really, really liked it. So go on, what, what else have you got? And then we'll get to, we'll get to Jedi. Okay, so are, are you like is that it? Yeah. Okay, so I've got um, I've got three more. Um, so Stonehurst Asylum. Uh, Shit, I need to watch this. Yeah, you do. Um, it's on Netflix UK. It's the new film from uh, Brad Anderson and um, Starry Casters. Um, so Kate Beckinsale with Jim Sturgis. Yeah, fair enough. But then you got Bing, Ben Kingsley. And uh, Michael Caine <laughs> and David Hewless. Um, what the fuck? Um, it is, man. So the story is... Oh, and Brendan Gleeson turns up for two scenes. Um, so the story is... Um, a. Yeah, it is a terrible poster. The, um, I'm going to say what happens in about the first 20 to 25 minutes. The, the, the What happens in the first 20 to 25 minutes, there does appear to be a twist... But it's not really, it's just kind of the setup for the film. But yeah. if you really don't want to know anything. No so basically, Jim Sturgis is a doctor who arrives at Stonehurst Asylum because he wants to um, uh, kind of learn asylum medicine from the greats, basically. Um, he's greeted by Ben Kingsley, who's um, enacting an unorthodox method of asylum medicine where basically the lunatics are essentially kind of roaming around with staff. But uh, Jim Sturgis soon finds out that um, the lunatics are the staff and um, Ben Kingsley basically led a rebellion against the doctors. The doctors headed up by Michael Caine and the doctors are locked up downstairs. So Jim Sturgis finds this out and um, he basically has to try and deal with it and get the doctors out. He is aided slash... Um, confronted by Kate Beckinsale, who plays a um, an inmate 
who is very loyal to Ben Kingsley's character, but also doesn't appear to be as mad as everyone else. Um, Stonehurst Asylum. It's it's bobbins, but it's the kind of bobbins that I quite enjoyed watching with a couple of cans of a Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, it, it piles on plot twists, and when there aren't plot twists happening, it's kind of craziness and violence. Um, so there's always stuff going on, but the bad thing is there's always stuff going on. <laughs> it doesn't really, it doesn't really take any time to just chill out for a bit. It's very plotty and it's very twisty. And the last five, 10 minutes are absolutely fucking retarded it's amazing how uh, how dumb it is oh it's the the ending involves two characters dancing in italy and it's just how the fuck what who where when and it's kind of amazing but also, Brad Anderson, the guy who directed The Machinist in Session 9, has made a film with this ending. I might watch this tonight, actually. Mate, seriously, like, it's just, like, you can't, you start to see it coming. A character, basically, someone arrives at the asylum about five, ten minutes from the end, and you're like, hang on a second, no. And then there's an explanation, it's like, no. And then it cuts to something. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, in a kind of a hurt-so-good kind of way. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's mental. Uh, just, I, it, like, I, I, but it is it's kind of fun. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long, and it should have been 80. Um, it really <laughs> does wallow in itself. But I will say as well, David Fulis plays really good Dickhead henchman. Ah, oh, you can, you can, I can imagine that, yeah. And like, it, yeah, give it a watch, man. I, I, you'll probably quite enjoy it. Um, yeah, probably will, which is, yeah. And uh, so, ending up my one, um, I did Noah Baumbach's two films for this year. Ah, uh, he's, he's, he's had two out. Yeah, <laughs> While We're Young and Mistress America. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I actually really like both of them. Um, Fair enough. I, I, well, I, I, I can't get on with him. I, that's the thing. I really, really didn't like Greenberg. I went to see that in the cinema and I was really annoyed by it, but I do kind of want to give it another go now. I, 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 I Greenberg. I thought it was utter shite. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, what did I... What do you think of Francis Ha? Still not watched it. Because okay. me, reason being, um, I despised The Squid and the Whale. I thought it was a pretentious piece of shite. Uh that only people who thought they sounded smart said that they liked it. Margot at the Wedding was just dull. I liked it. Uh, I, I haven't seen Margot at the Wedding. Um, it's just dull. Uh, Greenberg was just shit. Uh, I haven't seen Francis Hart yet. Uh, and, and I also... I, I've seen interviews with him, and I just think he's 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 an incredibly unpleasant person. He comes, he comes an incredibly unpleasant person in interviews. 
Okay, fair enough. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have that much experience of him outside his films, to be fair. And uh, like I say, I mean, I really didn't get on with Greenberg either. But um, yeah, I I reviews though. Sorry. That Wow Young's got really good reviews. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, The Guardian just named it the number ten, their number ten film of the year, which might give you some indication of whether you're going to like it or not, I suppose. But um, it's on Amazon Prime. I, I've got to say, Amazon Prime are stepping up their fucking game. Um, like. They they have, and the thing is, they let you download shit. Yeah, which is just uh, it is great. Uh, it really is. I mean, we've been very critical of Amazon Prime in the past, and um, I've, I've got to say, I'm using it more and more. Um, but yeah, so while we're young, um, stars Ben Stiller, uh, Naomi Watts, uh, Adam Driver, and Amanda Seyfried. Basically, story is um, Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts are a childless couple in their like early forties who. Uh, and all their friends around them are having babies and whatnot. And they, um, um, Ben Stiller is a kind of a documentary filmmaker who um, is uh, is kind of teaching a class. And Adam Driver goes to one of his classes along with Amanda Seyfried, who plays his wife, uh, Adam Driver's wife, that is. And Adam Driver is a fan of Ben Stiller's work. And kind of like they, they become friends and Ben Stiller starts helping him with a project that, that he's got. Um, and Stiller and Watts kind of fall for this couple and basically kind of like try to relive their youth. And you can kind of guess where that's going. Um, you know, but there, there's some other shit going on in there as well. I, I've got to say, I mean, like it made this film made me feel really old. Well, not really old, but older than my years because I really, really identified with Ben Stiller's character in ways where, you know, you... You kind of you you feel yourself getting more and more detached from younger people, uh, and in a selfish way, you want to go back there, but you also kind of realise, well, no, that's not me now. And to be honest, I'm kind of really, really fucking glad that's not me now because I just want to fucking chill out and not do all this mad shit constantly. Um, But it's also about his relationship with Naomi Watts and they're kind of going through a bit of a holding pattern and the the kind of the no kids thing is slightly starting to eat eat away at them. But they're also annoyed by their friends' insistence that having kids will like solve solve all their problems and whatnot. So... um, the thing is, Ben Stiller's basically playing a a, a a less asshole version of of what he plays in Greenberg. Um, like in Greenberg, he's pretty much reprehensible. In in here, he does feel it does feel like you 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 kind of you understand him more. But I'm thinking maybe that's I mean maybe if I watch Greenberg now, I might actually identify with that character a bit more. I don't know because it was several years ago, and I do feel in my ways i've become a lot older kind of mentally over the last few years um in terms of you could end up being more wound up by him yeah either or eh? that's 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 totally it um but i mean adam driver and amanda seyfried they their characters i don't really want to spoil anything but it goes in certain directions but i i liked how their characters evolved and a key kind of thing of the film is Ben Stiller realizing that no one gives a fuck about 
um, really uh, th- th- about what he thinks in terms of he's not the centre of anyone's universe, mm. and he needs to accept that and and kind of move on. And I I like that, and Adam Driver's character kind of opens that up, that up very nicely, and Amanda Seyfried kind of. She's slightly more in in the background compared to the other three, but she still kind of has her moments. And I, I it's 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 genuine. Genuinely, I laughed quite a few times, um, but I did feel some kind of resonance there as well. You know, some connection, even though nobody in this in this in this film is a particular hero or anything. And um, yeah, I, I I really. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly not perfect, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and that leads me to Mistress America, which um, it, it's Noah Baumbach switching back to his Greta Gerwig mode of being, uh, yeah, there you go, um, a, 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 but being a bit lighter and a bit more frivolous and uh, and a bit more, like, 20s oriented or early 30s oriented as opposed to 40s and uh, I, I actually liked Mistress America more again not going to be top 10 at the end of the year but while we're young 4 out of 5 Mistress America probably a 4.5 um, and it's interesting because the first 15-20 minutes you it takes a bit of getting used to the, the characters are basically Lola Kirk plays a university student who's like a bit of an intellectual, a bit up herself. And um, her mum is getting married to Greta Gerwig's dad. So they kind of meet each other. And Greta Gerwig uh, plays this uh, uh, girl who, or woman who kind of like has loads of different things going on, but it's like she needs to kind of focus on something. It's like she's this and she's that and she does a bit of this and she does a bit of this in her part time and she volunteers here. And, you know, and it's a, a bit like you could really be a bit of a dick actually. Mm. Um, but as, as the film goes on and it's her, the, the kind of the layers being peeled off and Lola Kirk's character realizing that she's not the be all and end all, but she's also not an arsehole and she is just a human being who's trying to make it in the world. Um, and then it weirdly in the second half, it kind of turns into a screwball comedy where it's largely in one location and there's multiple characters uh, and it, the situation just gets more absurdist as it goes on. And it's almost like this weird one act play in the middle of this film, but it works really well. Uh, um, and it's like the state, the staging of it is almost like a stage play, but not in a pretentious way. Um, oh shit! I just realised what the time is. Fuck. Um, okay. Anyway, it's really good. You probably won't like it. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the two central performances were really good. Solid stuff all around. Return of the Jedi. Yep. Go on. I'll let you go with what with what's going on. Okay. So directed by Richard Marquand, which is a fantastic name, and uh, it. Uh, well, it's got, I was about to say who it stars, but it's got everybody who was in the previous one, so fuck it. Um, so, Ewoks and Jabba and the Emperor is in this one, played by Ian McDermott, who is in the fucking prequels, um, which is kind of crazy, really, given the, the length of time between the two. Um, um, and, yeah, so basically, Han's been frozen in carbonite, 
uh, Luke and the gang spend the first act of the film trying to like rescue him from Jabba the Hutt. And uh, then uh, basically it it kind of just kicks on, really. Um, Luke confronts Darth Vader and the Emperor. Uh, Han, uh, Leia and Chewie meet the Ewoks and kind of mount a resistance on the forest moon of Endor. And uh, shit gets real again. Go on then. Fucking whine away. No, can't. Really enjoyed it. Hey! <laughs> really enjoyed it. It's 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 a it's it's a great family entertainment kind of romp. Um, really enjoyed it. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's got a lot of heart. It's got Carrie Fisher in not a lot of clothes, looking banging. Um, finally, uh, you know Han Solo actually seems like a cool character. Um, Luke Skywalker seems a little bit more kind of badass, like he's found himself. Um, it just, it worked for me this time with this one. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's only criticism. It's a little bit too long, but beyond that, it, it, it's, it's really enjoyable. Okay, brilliant. Um, I've got to say, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, 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 for me, I think this is kind of slightly on a par with Empire, which is kind of heresy for a lot of uh, a lot of people. It, it, it's it's a lot more fucking it's 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 a lot more entertaining than Empire, which these films are supposed to be family entertainment movies. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, the, the the thing is, it lo- I think the look of it is awesome. I love how many stars there are in the sky. Mm. And, and, and like, do, do you know, it's in space in this one. It feels like in this one in particular, there's a shitload of stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's when there's not many enough fucking stars in these movies. Gen- genuinely, though, like, it, and, and the, the model work is awesome. Yeah. I, I just fantastic. Um, I mean, the score is all like just there all the time. And it's awesome. And I've got to say, I really like the Ewoks. I really like them. Yeah, um, I've I've no problem. They're, they're, they're fun. The, yeah, they're... when that guy is is holding out his Ewok spear, at, what is it? And going, oh yeah, oh yeah, at Princess Leia, and she's just going, oh he's adorable. Essentially, that's what she's yeah. thinking. And he's not. He, he's defending his territory. You, you do go. I like that guy. And I mean. It's also got the kind of amazing moment where there's the explosion and the Ewoks flump to the ground and then the one of them gets up and he's just shaking the other one and then realises what's happened and just bends down and cra- like kind of like cradles him. Yeah. And it's just... I, I don't, that's, at that moment, it's just like, right, these little teddy bear dudes, they know how to fight, but they also feel... Yeah, and I, 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 yeah, I mean, they got big black eyes. They talk nonsense, but they're not, they're not pratfalling like Jar Jar Binks. They're not just like, oh, I'm gonna step over here and oops, and oh, I blew up something, and oh, Misa, so sorry. It's yeah. not that. They know, they know how to fight, and they are defending their territory. But it just so happens that they're also very cute. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's. They're a they're a fun character to have have within the world, you know, the the kind of fun characters that we've that we've had pretty much throughout all of them have been R two D two and uh, C three PO, 
And I I utterly despise C-3PO as a, ta- as a character, whereas R2-D2 is, let's be honest, the fucking star of the show throughout the entire series. Um, but these guys just added a, a fun dimension to it. Yeah, I don't mean, I, 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 the, the thing is as well, the introduction of, of the Emperor here, he is a properly intense, yeah, menacing bad guy. Like with the eyes and the the the, the look on him and the, the kind of look, I can feel your anger. You know, it, it just it it seems like he's getting off on it like all the time. It feels like he's really enjoying himself. And as well, there's no there's it, it is a little bit like he's aware of the fact that the, the dark side is a more power. That's what I get from these. I might be wrong, but what I personally get from this is that. The dark side is a more powerful force mm. than the not dark side. I don't want to say the light side and be wrong. It's a more powerful force, but it corrupts, and that's the problem with it. That's why mm. they're not. They're, that's why Jedi's are not supposed to go to the dark side because yes, there's more power there, but it's too much power for one person, kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And that—that's that. But he is. His only aim seems to be is just to be a, 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 a dick. He's not doing it to gain more power because he's already got all the power. He's just doing it to kind of tip the balance towards his ideals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean that that's that's the thing. I, and to be fair, I like how this this runs through the prequels as well. How it it is the emperor constantly looking for the next big thing in apprenticeships like he he basically starts off with Dooku and then replaces him with Anakin yeah and then he tries to replace Anakin with Luke but Luke basically says no mm. essentially you know I like that I like the way that it's Dooku gets basically too old and Palpatine thinks right I'm gonna need a new one now gets Anakin and then Anakin gets too old and he's like, right, I'm going to need a new one now, and tries to get Luke. Yeah, I mean that—that's I, yeah, that's that exactly. You know, it's that that stuff's that stuff's fantastic, and the way that the Emperor has been like in in five and six had been a presence, and then just at the start of this one, it's like, right, he's going to be on this Death Star, and then just the, the like the the way the guy's just like, we will redouble our efforts, you know, just straight away, just like right, I'm. Yeah. I'm, yes. Yeah, okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. What do you? you know, I'm gonna do it. Don't worry. You know, I the, the, the sense of menace. And then when he comes, he is like, yeah, shit. That is a scary guy. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's. I mean, it's kind of interesting now as well, though, because you you got Palpatine such a presence during one, two, three. It's kind of weird that he drops off again in in four. I mean, again, it's the the kind of the retconning kind yeah. of thing. But it's weird that he's then just not there at all in 4. And obviously, Lucas just didn't even think about that in A New Hope. Because in A New Hope, it does just seem like Darth Vader, maybe Peter Cushing, but like Darth Vader is the man. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's it. I mean, is there... Does he go in when he does the force choke thing in A New Hope? Does he come into that room saying the Emperor has just dissolved the Republic? Something like does that. He, yeah, so he does actually mention him. In well, four. he's mentioned a couple of times in 4, yeah. 
Okay. He, right, he's, he's, he's definitely, he's, he's not as much of a, he's not a visual pro, um, presence, but it, it, it's definitely made known that, it, that, that Bader is, he's not the guy in command of everything. He, he has a boss, essentially. He's answerable okay. to somebody. No, fair enough, then. I, that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I know you haven't liked the previous two, and I kind of think you're slightly nuts, but, but, <laughs> I don't know, it's interesting because, I mean, to be fair, Jedi is a very different film from Empire, and it's why a lot of people think that Jedi is is not as good. And I, I think Jedi is just as good for me, but in different ways. I think Empire is a good-looking film, but I think Jedi is, is almost better. I mean, the speeder bike chase, that shit still looks pretty good. Yeah, it, it does. The back projection, maybe not quite so much, but with the model work and the way that's comped into the shots, yeah, it's... But the, the model work's fantastic. There's, I, I can appreciate the the fact that that looks, that looks better... Dated, this will make sense. That looks better, even though it looks dated, and yes, you can, you can pick out the, 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 the kind of the mechanics of it, but I'd still take that looking dated any day over the CG looking dated in the, the prequels. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because that still looks nice. You just know it worked. You know how the magic trick works. CG just looks fucking ugly when it looks when it looks dated. Whereas that is, yeah, that's it. It's model work. It's a back screen. But Somebody's made the back screen. Somebody's made the model. Yeah, it, you know, yes, somebody's programmed it in the computer, but it, there's a difference to that kind of craft, I suppose. Mm. Uh, which, which often I think gets gets lost in the in CG. I think CG works if you add craft into it, if it has a reason, not just simply because we can. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I mean. To be fair, I mean the the kind of the addition towards the end of the like the special edition of of Jedi with like the all the cities celebrating. Mm. It does for me. It slightly takes away from the fact that I, I, I don't know. You you only really have the the, the the kind of the heroes reuniting at the end and they're kind of hugging mm. and that's it. You don't actually see them talking to each other and. I don't know, it just it kind of cuts away, and yeah, it's kind of showing that, you know, this is a galaxy-wide event and brilliant, and in a way also, I mean, at the time in 97 when the special editions came out, it was basically kind of, it's the first time you see Naboo. Yeah. And it's almost like, hey, here's a little sneak peek of what we coming, got coming in episode one. And it's like, no, I'd, I'd rather actually spend that minute or so and maybe just have like the characters interact with each other a bit more because they're not together a lot during this film. Yeah, no, no they're not. It, it's quite. It's it's a little bit. They're not. They're not. They're a little bit kind of spread out. Yeah, I mean the the most they're ever together is in a New Hope. Mm. Um, I mean you've got. I mean, like Empire Strikes Back, you kind of have the start, but then they go their separate ways, and then by the time Luke comes back towards the end, Han's gone and and Chewie's gone as well. Um, and then with Jedi, they're, they're together, like, saving Han. But again, then Luke buggers off, comes back for about five minutes, goes away again. And it's it, it, it's a bit of a shame that. I mean, one of the things I'm looking forward to with episode seven is, like, hopefully seeing Hamill and Ford and Fisher interacting again. Yeah. 
I want to see what that, the, the, I mean, particularly Ford and Hamill, what their dynamic is like now, because they're both old men. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, in, in the original, like, Han Solo's constantly calling Luke kid. You know, and it's, I want to see, I want to see where that is now. God, it's less than a week. It's less than a fucking week. Um, Still calling him kid. Yeah, that would be good, eh? I, the thing is, I've got, I, I just, I, I think we're not going to see much of Luke in episode seven, but I think we will, yeah. the thing is, it's just if Han does die and we don't have anything between him and Luke, I'm going to be really sad. Because <laughs> Han's going to die. That is the the expected theory, isn't it? The scuttlebutt, isn't it? And that's yeah. going to make me so sad. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm just seriously, I'm thinking about it. What if in a week's time we live in a world where Han Solo dies? Where Han Solo is dead. Fuck. Yeah, well. Maybe I don't want to watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not shit. Really enjoyed it. Definitely not shit. Oh, I'm glad we finished with that one. I, 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 I'm glad, uh, because after ten minutes of it, I was going, yeah, I'm not feeling this again. And then it just, as it went on, I was more and more getting going. No, do you know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting into it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, it, 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 it started to get me. I, I, I still do, and I'll get fucking pelters for it. I know I will. I still do think that Star Wars is, as a world and everything like that that people like it, I think, is wonderful. But I still do think it is driven a lot by nostalgia. And that's not a bad thing, but I still cannot be fucking convinced that any of these are genuinely magnificent films. I just don't think they are. I like the fact that other people think they are, but I still can't be convinced. I do think there is there is an awful lot that drives the Star Wars universe is nostalgia and, and that's not a problem but it, it has to be that the thing is if you were Jordan I'd be slating you a lot more but I just don't feel I, I, I don't feel like I can attack you that much with Jordan I don't know it's not like he's a punching bag it's just I don't know. I quite enjoy arguing with him. I don't enjoy arguing with you. I don't enjoy arguing with Noel either. That's the thing. I really enjoy arguing with George. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, with the, the Star Wars thing, I'm just, I'm still not convinced, but like I said when we we're, were talking about Empire, uh, I am absolutely not a hater, um, and I, 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 I am still looking forward to watching The Force Awakens. Um, but if I enjoy it, it won't be to the same level as if somebody else who is completely invested in the world enjoys it. Uh, but I, I, I do genuinely hope that it's good. We will find out soon. We will. We do have a couple of questions, uh, which I'll run through quickly because I'm very aware of the time. Yeah, that's um, Tom at Mr. Tom Ripley. Uh, which film character would you most like to replace with Donald Trump? E.g. I'd like to watch Trump versus Mega Godzilla. What a great question. Uh, do you know what the first one that jumped into my mind when I read that question was? Go on. Steve Buscemi in Fargo. Just for the wood chipper scene. 
Oh, fuck me. I mean, in a way, like, Ash in the in the Evil Dead films, just for the amount of torture he gets. Yeah. Like, Sam Raimi would love torturing he fucking Donald He does become Trump, a hero, though, doesn't he? That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, what we don't want is Donald Trump being a fucking hero. I, honestly, um, I, 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 my feelings on the Trump thing is ignore him and he'll go away. You, the the amount of fucking press and everything he's getting is just the oxygen he needs to continue with this ridiculousness because he has no intention of being president. He doesn't want to be president. He wants people to think he's president so he can get more of a voice and so that he can have more of a, a springboard for his ridiculous, disgraceful fucking bile that he spews out it makes him more fucking money. Yeah. I'm not going to get into the Trump thing here. It just, it, yeah. It's fucking retarded that he's able to get away saying, like, with saying shit like that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I signed that petition the other day because I genuinely think him saying stuff like that is going to make some people feel legitimised in and acting hate crimes. It, it, it is. That. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's 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 a menace. It's an absolute fucking menace, and I just I almost I I know that this that, that this is not this um question's not intended like kind of making light about the, oh, the no, Trump thing no. in a way, but it's just like I I think making jokes about him is the most dangerous thing you can do at the moment because it should be more people people should be concentrating on trying to get him to fuck off and just scurry away and fuck off into a corner mm. and die. He won't fuck off until he dies, so, is the unfortunate thing. Yeah, because he's yeah. got too much, because daddy left him too much money. That is that is, that is the ridiculousness of, of Donald Trump, is the fact is that he has all of this fucking hubris about, you know, the fact that he's rich and all of this lot. You've achieved nothing. Your dad left you the money. If you'd have put it in a fucking low-yield bond when it first matured and you first got it, you'd have more money now than you do. Mm. He is a ridiculous buffoon. Yeah. Which character? Uh, oh, the guy in Hellraiser. He fucking... Oh, he gets ripped apart. Yeah. Oh, that's a good answer. Uh, Amish baby machine. Uh, Amish B Machine. What a fucking incredible title. Yeah, that is, man. Yeah. Um, We haven't had anything from this guy before. I think I'd remember. Yeah, the the official American pop culture comedy experts, the Amish Baby Machine podcast. I am am going to listen to that because of the great Twitter name. Um, What movie franchises should be put out of their misery? Franchises do we actually have that are going at the moment? That should be put out of their misery. Uh, the Resident Evil movies. Yeah, well, this because she loves them, but I I quite like the last one. Uh, yeah, they should be put out of their misery. I no, I, I mean like the last one, the, the next one is going to be the last one before they re, like obviously reboot yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, unless it makes money and then they'll just change their mind again. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, the Romero dead films, if he'd made one in the last few years, I mean, Diary and Survival were fucking both terrible films. Um, The thing is, there's not that many 
franchises actually really going at the moment, are there? Like, no, I mean, it's, you know, the, the what is it one, um, the Hunger Games kind of put itself out of its well, that, Yeah, that's, even though they are, they are saying now they're going to do prequels. No. Which is fucking retarded, but. I mean, yeah, because Isabel really liked the first two Hunger Games movies uh, and liked the books uh, and, and just hasn't mentioned Mocking Jay Party at all. Uh, I, I, yeah, I. I genuinely don't have an answer to that because I can't think of I mean like I like the fast films yep you know it's I, what else is I mean I like the Marvel franchise that's trying to get going that needs to be put up oh god yeah I mean Jesus already Christ. yeah no absolutely. yeah that's a good answer I am going to have an amazing amount of egg on my face if that film's good it's not going to be it's not going to be I have that comfort in it but I will go into it giving it a fair chance I promise no you won't but it'll be shit hmm I will be wearing a point break fucking t-shirt and shouting not my Johnny fucking Utah every <laughs> fucking Australian cunt comes on screen there. Nice. Yeah. So, Is that it? Uh, <laughs> episode 138. Uh, what will we be covering next week, Ian? Uh, wars? I would think wars will be happening. Uh, Sorry, wars. Yeah, so uh, Star Wars next week, uh, and then probably a load of fucking Christmas films. Uh, so we will speak to you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, at Ian Loring on Twitter, at uh, DudeFoz on Twitter, at DudeTheMonkey on Twitter, DudeTheMonkey at gmail.com. Anything else to add, Ian? I am good, sir. Right, thank you very much for listening, guys. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.